and welcome to another Trinity College Dublin Talks. With us today is Jürgen Barkhoff, who is the Vice Provost of Trinity College Dublin and the Chief Academic Officer. That's the, the, the second uh, most important role in the university. And within that role, Jürgen has many, many responsibilities, but one of them is to devise and shepherd through a strategic plan for the university, and that's what we're here to talk about today. Hello, Jürgen. Hi, Tom. Delighted to have you and talk to you. Good. Well, Jürgen, let's, let's start first of all. People may have guessed from, from your name, uh, Jürgen, that you're, you're not indeed Irish. How, how did a, a German come to, come to Trinity College? What was the route that brought you here? Well, um, my first encounter of Trinity College was at the end of a three-week hitchhiking holiday in 1980. I, I came through front gate, was actually was completely vowed by the... Um, by the campus and had the idea of spending a year here as a one-year student. That was pre-Erasmus, uh, but the visiting one-year students were a feature of the university. I got accepted into history and the German department where I, uh, and I was studying German and history, had a fantastic year, loved the atmosphere, loved the, the, the small group teaching, the close connection between staff and students, and felt that this was a place that I really liked. And actually at the end of that year I thought, well, what do you want to do with your life? Well, teaching in Trinity College wouldn't be the worst thing I could do. I didn't really very systematically pursue this, but it happened that seven years later I was, I was appointed to a three-year seconded post and then in 1995 I, I got a lectureship in German and European studies. I've been here ever since having had various roles, of course, never in my wildest dreams would I have thought that I end up as Vice Provost of Trinity College. But you were for a long time a, a professor of German uh, with a kind of speciality in, in really in the 19th century, the 18th century, that, that, that kind of period. And you became Vice Provost uh, in, the, in the middle of last year, I think it's fair to say. Tell me, when, when you became Vice Provost, uh, the strategic plan that we're, we're talking about today was, was kind of, it was in train, it had already, part of it had already been developed. Can you tell us how a strategic plan is, is made in a university like this? Yeah. Um, the strategic plan is, of course, an obligation. We have to have one, and they have to spend five years. But the way I look at a strategic plan, it's an opportunity every five years to get together and think about who we are, where we want to go, and how we respond to the challenges that are in front of us to the changing environment, societal, economic, political, educational, uh, to the, the changing demands of the workplace, the changing expectations that students have. So uh, to do it strategic plan, you really have to involve all the stakeholders from across college and beyond, our partners, our friends in industry, our donors, very importantly, our students, as well as, of course, all the academic uh, units, the schools, the colleagues, the research centers, the college officers. So what my predecessor, Chris Morash, did at the beginning of this to have a, a, a very inclusive working group and have focus groups, have consultations to evaluate the last strategic plan and then see what are the emerging themes, what are the big issues that we need to tackle and that we want to tackle, uh, which direction do we want to take the university in the next five years. And so it is a consultative, inclusive process, of course led by a core team, 
um, and, 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 and led by the, the provost and the vice provost and the college officers. But um, that's also the best way to, include, to, to ensure that when the strategic plan is approved, as it was in December by board, that then you have a buy-in from across the college community and that there is enthusiasm in, uh, in realizing the strategic plan and, and, and making it a reality. It's quite a difficult process, isn't it? Because in a way, everybody comes with hopes and dreams, but they have to be costage. There has to be some kind of realistic assessment of what can be achieved in a, in a, in a five-year period. Uh, but we are now at the stage where that's, that's been done, and, and we are kind of here today because the plan has been launched. Tell me, what, what, what would you say are the, 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 the broad uh, ambitions of this, this new plan. Mm. How, how will Trinity change over the next few years? Maybe I come back, if I may, to your, to your introductory remark. It, it, it is a difficult exercise because it has to be realistic and costed. It builds on a lot of strategies that we developed, approved and started to implement over the last few years. So we don't do this from scratch. Mm. And of course, uh, all elements of this plan are carefully costed and there is a financial underpinning that ensures that we are responsible in what we want to do. So that's just a preface. Yeah? But, but responsibility and careful planning is the one side, sort of being, being ambitious and visionary is the other side. So coming back to your uh, question now, what are the sort of big ideas uh, in this strategic plan? I would single out three. So the first one is um, that we, we, our campus will become more diverse and more inclusive. We will have a growing student population because the so-called demographic bubble of Ireland is moving into third level during the course of this strategic plan. And we have decided on a strategy of managed growth. We will grow the student body from currently 18,500 to 21,000 in certain areas of, of demand, demand from the students, but also demand from employers and, and the workplace. So we will complement this growth in the student body with the strategic hire of up to 200 new academic staff across the disciplines over the five years. Now, given our financial situation, that is an ambitious plan. It will require concerted effort. We won't be able to do it without targeted funding initiatives that come from government, without philanthropic funding. But what this will ensure is that the quality of our teaching um, improves despite rising student numbers. And that because we're increasing staff numbers much more quickly than we're increasing student numbers. That's right. So the ratio goes down. Yeah, the, the, so uh, the overall aim is yep. to reduce our staff-student ratio from 18 to 1 to 16 to 1 mm -hmm. over the lifetime of this strategic plan. Mm -hmm. And uh, our competitors internationally tend to have lower staff-student ratios, but we have to acknowledge the difficult funding environment we are in giving the reduction in government funding and core funding over the last 10 years and, and the, the, the sort of uh, internationally fairly low base of investment into higher education. But we will not be deterred by this. Um, we will do this because we have plans for teaching innovation and I come to that in a minute. Um, we, have, we want to 
uh, enhance our research excellence because of course all the staff that we hire will be both researchers and teacher and will practice research-led teaching so that our students become part of the research process also at undergraduate level that is part of our commitment to excellence and part of our commitment to an education that even at the undergraduate level um, has the perspective on original research. So we will increase student numbers but, that, but, but we will also diversify um, the student body. We will grow the number of students that come from outside Ireland to 30 to 35 percent over the lifetime of this plan. We will grow postgraduate students to about 30 percent and we will grow the number of students from underrepresented backgrounds to 25 percent. These are, these are important strategic areas and we will frame this by strengthening uh, the support for students. For example, a big issue in Ireland, one that, that dominated the recent election, is housing. We will build and open another 600 um, affordable student un accommodation units over the lifetime of this plan because this in, in a city like Dublin is, is an important, uh, very important uh, necessity. We will enhance student services. In particular, we have one aim to improve our, our career services and we will strengthen the career and personnel development offerings for all students, something that in a rapidly changing um, job market is, 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 is an important element of, of any, any um, uh, undergraduate and postgraduate course at the moment. And this kind of follows on from the last strategic plan, doesn't it? Because that gave a commitment really to make it easier for students to do industry placements and so on. And that requires then that we, that we think about how to make that a reality and make sure those placements are, are valuable and useful to the student. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that's, that's absolutely right. And of course, over the lifetime of the last strategic plan, we fundamentally renewed our undergraduate education in the Trinity Education Project. Now that is be coming to an end now. It's being mainstreamed and embedded. And while we are mainstreaming and embedding this, we are starting on a similar exercise for postgraduates. Mm -hmm. So we will have, we will undertake in the next two years, and that is sort of uh, part of the second big priority, we will undertake a fundamental renewal of the postgraduate education, both postgraduate taught courses and the program for our research students, the structured PhD. This will start immediately after we've launched the uh, strategic plan. For PhD students, it is an increasing necessity to look for careers outside academia. And it is our duty not just to enable them to produce excellent research, but to, to also prepare them for those careers. So personal development, uh, generic skills, a, a better knowledge of the opportunities that the job market offers for them after their PhD in industry, but also in, in the public sector. This, this is becoming an increasingly important element and we, we, we will look after that. Uh, that's a priority in this new strategic plan. 
So what you're saying, you know, in, in, in brief, I guess, is uh, we're going to be teaching to different people than before, more people from abroad, more people from disadvantaged backgrounds, more people full stop. Uh, we're going to be teaching them different things. We've already renewed the, the undergraduate pro um, learning program. Now we're going to do the same with the postgraduate learning program and, and help those people with PhDs uh, who are not going back into academia to, to go elsewhere. Yep. But you also mentioned, Jürgen, kind of innovation as a, as a kind of the last part of this plan. What, 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 what's going to happen there? Yeah, um, and, and that's an important element of our goal to practice next generation teaching and learning. There are three real areas where uh, in, in, uh, in, in the way we teach, we will develop new strategies over the next few years. The first one is we will develop a comprehensive digital learning strategy across the university because the role of the digital in our life is, is increasing, constantly increasing, getting more complex. Our students are digital natives and our teaching needs to reflect that as well as the demands of, 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 of the future job market. The second element is that lifelong learning CPD, continuous professional development, is becoming uh, a, an urgent necessity. So we will equip our students on the one hand with a strong emphasis on generic skills. Our graduate attributes reflect those generic skills, attributes that we want every student to acquire regardless what course they take, regardless in what discipline they study and those, gradu uh, they, those graduate attributes are to think independently, to act responsibly, to communicate effectively and to develop continuously. Now these are at the same time long established uh, ideals that actually go back to the Enlightenment, my area of research, but they are also urgent requirements for not just getting good jobs, but for active and responsible citizenship in a changing world. So there is this level of, um, of, 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 of uh, fostering these generic skills, but there is also a level that the concept of, there's also the aspect that lifelong learning needs to be supported by offerings that respond to the changing needs of the job market. So we will put a lifelong learning and micro-credentialing strategy in place that will allow people who have, have graduated a few years or 20 years ago who need upskilling, who need retraining, who want to acquire new skills to come into the university, do new courses, Many of our schools in engineering, in pharmacy, in nursing and midwifery, in the business school are very keen to expand their offerings in this sphere and, and we, we will respond to this in a more agile way than we have in the past. So that's a big ambitious ambition that we have in, in this sphere. And the third point around innovation that you mentioned is um, we have tangent our uh, our innovation space, uh, which trains and students from across the disciplines in entrepreneurship, and that offers short 
entrepreneurship and leadership courses to any student, regardless. So of any student for and free. also yep. uh, okay. and also to students to come from mm. outside, mm. and we will uh, greatly expand uh, those offerings because an entrepreneurial mindset is not just something for business students, but is something that we want to uh, um, we want to encourage all students to develop mm. to be a home of. Social entrepreneurship as well as entrepreneurship. Social and cultural entrepreneurship. Yeah. Tell me, Jürgen, you're, you're um, both an insider and outsider in Irish society. You're, you're you know, at the heart of, of the country's leading university, but you also look at it from, from the view of somebody who, who was born elsewhere. When we look at the way universities are developing, I mean, how much of this plan do you think is specific to? just a research-intensive university in Europe, mm. and how much of it is specific to, I guess, an Irish university? In, in the universe? You mentioned the, the demographic bulge, the fact that at a time when other universities are beginning to think about perhaps um, steady ship or even contracting, uh, Ireland has a large number of young people looking, looking for education, but are there any other differences between what we in Trinity are trying to do and what, what other universities are trying to do that, that kind of strike you? A lot of the challenges that are facing us we have in common with universities across Europe and worldwide. One of our aspirations in the strategic plan is to strengthen our uh, relationships with universities in Europe and globally and we are very active members of two university networks, LERU, the League of European Research Universities and the Coimbra Group and so we have a very good sense of what uh, issues are facing other higher education institutions. And there are a, a few common ones. Uh, the need to adapt to a changing labour market, the challenges that digitization and globalization brings, um, the challenges that uh, artificial intelligence will bring and the impact that will have on, uh, on the, uh, the, the jobs of the future. And we have a number of research programs in various uh, disciplines and faculties, including sociology and uh, and ethics, that that that, that uh, investigate this. Um, one common theme, and uh, one other common theme that features very prominently in our strategic plan, is that of sustainability, um, both in terms of a, a, a growing awareness of of reducing our carbon footprint, of making the way we live our lives, we run the university, the way we organize our campus more sustainable. And, and this is something that is also a very clear expectation from our students. And we have developed our strategies and ambitious goals in this respect together with the students. But this also has, uh, and, and you will find in a lot of universities, a growing commitment. Um, in our universities, this is very prominent in the research side of our uh, strategic plan. We uh, are part of uh, one of the 17 European pilot alliances, networks of five to eight universities that will, over the next few years, develop new concepts, new models for what the university of the future will look like in Europe. And the one we are in, CharmEU, together with our partners Barcelona, Utrecht, Montpellier and Elte in Budapest, uh, we have decided to focus 
a new concept of a challenge-based education that isn't determined by disciplines but by challenges that we want to respond to and that we want to tackle. And that the particular challenge of CharmU is reconciling humanity with the planet. So there is a very strong um, uh, commitment here. Uh, we are ha also have a commitment um, to uh, become much more engaged with the UN Sustainable Development Goals. We have a target of increasing our research related to those by 20% over the next five years and to establish a UN Sustainable Development Goal Hub, which will make sure that our efforts in this, in this uh, respect are coordinated, are, um, are uh, visible, are maximized to maximize the impact of our research in this area. And we have a flagship project that is very specifically responding to these needs. We are developing the E3 Martin Nocton Learning Foundry and the E3 Research Institute. And E3 stands for energy, environment, and emerging technologies. And the, the, it is a completely novel approach to teaching as we bring a number of disciplines together to um, um, to, to, to tackle together the challenge of finding balanced solutions for a better world around the challenges of the environment and sustainability. That's a very, that's a very specific project. Now, what I've said, you asked me about the specificities, specificities mm. of Ireland or of, 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 of responding to Irish needs. Um, Arguably, uh, these are plans that other universities in different forms have as well. But among our other flagship projects are some that are more spe specifically uh, relating to Ireland. One is our plan to establish a cancer institute. Uh, one of the plans is to establish a cancer institute with our partner hospital, uh, St. James, which is one of the university's teaching hospitals. Ireland currently doesn't have a cancer institute, it needs one, and uh, we will provide this cancer institute, we will deliver it for Ireland. Another example is that we are uh, embarking on a very ambitious redevelopment project of the old library, our signature cathedral of knowledge, um, the 18th century library which houses the Book of Kells, one of the unique uh, uh, treasures, cultural heritage treasures of this world. Um, and this redevelopment project will create a new research study center which will make our unique collections a lot more accessible. And this is something that we are doing um, to strengthen the traditionally very strong arts and humanities research in our university, but also to, 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 to preserve one of the most important, if not the most important, uh, heritage objects in the country. So that's really it in a nutshell, isn't it? I mean, we have, we have three building projects, three projects that uh, universities love building projects, of course, and but three really interesting ones, uh, a new way of tackling environmental and, and, and kind of social problems in the E3 Institute and, and uh, Research Institute, 
then we have the old library, and then we have uh, the Cancer Institute. And then on top of that, we have a whole new way of doing business, really, a whole new way of teaching, both for undergraduates and postgraduates. Uh, it's quite a lot of work, really. I wish you luck in the next five years making sure that this, uh, this happens. Uh, I mean, it is worth saying, I think, as, a kind of, as we finish up, that, that um, these strategic plans, they, they, they do usually come to pass, don't they? If, if one looks back on the last strategic plan, uh, almost everything that was laid out has, uh, has happened. And, and I think it's, it's fair to say that pretty much everything that uh, we've discussed today is also going to happen over the course of the next year. We will certainly work very hard to make this happen, and I'm looking forward to it. I think it gives us as a community a very clear focus. Um, it's, a, it's, it's a compass and much more than that. It's ambitious, but that's okay. That's, that's what they have to be. And we haven't spoken at all about the, about the title yet, Community and Connection. I think we are a very strong community. It is our goal to strengthen this community. One of the nine goals of this strategic plan is to uh, become one Trinity community. And, uh, it, and our work is, is fundamentally about connection, about connecting with the challenges of our times, connecting with the world outside the university, but also becoming more interdisciplinary, becoming more connected in the way we research and in the way we teach. I must say, I really like the title, and I think it will be an inspiration for all of us um, to, to, to make sure that we deliver on, on, on what we've set out to do in this strategic plan. Jürgen Barkov, thank you very much indeed.